Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Okay, not really. I'm actually just Adam Holtz, your host of The Plugged In Show. Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, technology, and your family. Thanks for joining us. Well, as you might have guessed from my attempt to impersonate Lin-Manuel Miranda, today we're going to be talking about the musical Hamilton. This production made an enormous splash on Broadway back in 2015, telling a musically contemporized version of founding father Alexander Hamilton's story, which you wouldn't have thought would be a successful musical, but boy, it has been. And now a second wave of Hamilton hysteria, and I'm going to trademark that phrase, <laughs> has swept through the culture when everyone who couldn't afford $2,000 for a ticket in New York City got to see the musical when it debuted on Disney Plus earlier this summer. And that cultural influence is what we're going to be talking about today. Joining me for our conversation are Bob Hoos, Emily Clark, Paul Acey, and Jonathan McGee. All right. Since we're talking about musicals, I want to know, what was the first musical you ever saw in a theater? And how was that a different experience for you than, say, well, a movie? Adam, you don't pay us enough to go to musicals, I don't think. <laughs> a, this is not about me, Paul. It's about you. It would be great to review musicals. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. It would be very cool. But i got to be honest with you. I have never actually seen a musical in the theater. Now, I've actually... Let's all take up a collection musicals. for Paul. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know it's really sure. sad. And if so, they ever come back, you can go. So I can only speak from be, having been in some musicals, and that's very oh, different. That's okay. very different. Well, tell us it about is. that. What musical were you in? I was a uh, Fagin, actually, in Oliver Twist oh, at one point in time. So, nice. and that was super fun. I was super terrified when I'm watching it on TV. I'm not nearly as scared. Huh. So, <laughs> okay. Fun Real fact: quick. I've actually been in Oliver twice. Um, no, it's Oliver Twist. Yeah, well, not, not Oliver, Oliver, was that, was that Oliver exclamation point. <laughs> Oliver exclamation Because that's the correct way it is. Uh, no, I've actually been in that show twice. I think the first musical that I saw on stage, though, was a production, a high school production of Guys and Dolls. My two older sisters were in it, and my dad was in it. Um, I actually don't really remember it so much. I kind of like Paul remember more from being in theater um, which in that case, it was a Missoula Children's Theater performance of Little Red Riding Hood, hmm. and I was sisterhood. <laughs> but yeah, no, it definitely, it, I agree with Paul. It is not the same experience being in a musical versus seeing it a musical, but I have seen many, many musicals in mm-hmm. theater, in person. I've also been in many musicals, and I love them either way. They're a lot of fun. Hmm. Mine was uh, West Side Story. Oh yeah, I was a kid and went to see a production of West Side Story. It wasn't necessarily, you know, tip-top professional production, but it was a good one. And it's really the effect was that it really opened my eyes to the idea that music could make could make a scene exhilarating and emotional. Mm. Uh, I mean, I always liked music and I liked to sing when I was a kid, but the idea that you could actually then blend that into a theatrical presentation, a dramatic scene, and suddenly have it just sort of heighten everything just by the musical moment. And and so that was the big revelation for hmm. me. It was sort of a, a epiphany <laughs> moment. Oh, that's cool. I, you know, other than, I mean, I saw like school plays and stuff and I don't even think that really counts. 
My, it can count if you need it to. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> School plays you know, definitely count. Okay, they do count. Okay, maybe I should just say it again. No, <laughs> but, but aside from school plays, um, I got an opportunity to go uh, and see a Broadway play. I was speaking in the Bronx, and I always tried to take one of my kids with me when we were going to New York. So it'd be kind of a fun trip, speak, then go hang out a day in the city. And uh, we had heard that you could see Wicked if you signed up for the lottery um, and because tickets were like 200 a piece or something. And so mm-hmm. we thought, let's try the lottery. And if you get the lottery, you have like literally 30 bucks cash. You could, you can see it's just with leftover tickets. So I'm kind of a math guy. So as I was sitting there, we showed up, there was only like a hundred people there and they had, I think almost 40 seats open and they were taking. So you're saying you there's up. a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Way better than one in a million. And uh, so we signed up and they read the names and we were sitting there just going, oh, please, please. And the last name they read was my daughter's and it was for two tickets. And oh. so we're like, yes. And all of a sudden, you know, they're like, and it's cash. And all of a sudden we realized, wait, we've been doing everything with credit card. And we had to scrape. And we like had literally to the dollar, maybe like $60 we needed. It was second row. Oh, wow. And um, Carol Kane was one of the characters there. And like, and I'd seen her in, you know, When a Stranger Calls and other movies and stuff. And I was like, I mean, literally I could have reached out and touched her feet. I mean, oh. it was, I would have had to lean over the person in the front row. But anyway, it was very close. We got to see it. And it was so awesome. As a matter of fact, when we went back two years later, my daughter says, we've got to try this again. And we ended up seeing phantom for 50 percent off which was mm. really cool but man clearly I, I need to spend more time with you <laughs> yeah. it was it was fun though broadway was wicked wicked is a wonderful musical it was it, really it was good yes. except for the wickedness part well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was it's always a caveat it, it was really well done although I, I, if you ever go to new york i just got to add that there's that great diner ellen stardust diner that is right outside of broadway there and it's all the broadway hopefuls sing the waitresses and waiters mm-hmm. all sing Ooh. and you go and you order like a you know twelve dollar milkshake or whatever and you sit down and <laughs> they are constant <laughs> they are yeah. constantly singing and they're good. Mm. Yeah. They're really good. They've got they've got one in uh, Hollywood area that is sort of the other coast version of that. Uh-huh. Uh where it's it's an Italian restaurant and they have the all the waiters and waitresses are actors. Mm. What else could they do? Right, (laughs) acting. You know what though? I would pay twelve dollars for a milkshake to see that. Um, I I understand the draw there. What about you, Em? Mine was Carmen in eighth grade. We had a field trip to see Carmen at, I think it was at Iowa State University, which was about half an hour from where I grew up. And honestly, I don't remember very much about Carmen. I remember a little bit of the music, but what I remember was just the sense of energy, like. There's just something about a professional production that there's just, there's the chemistry, there's the energy mm, right. that is, even though it's a story where you're watching people that in some ways is like a movie, it's not like a movie at all. You know, no. and I also think there's an element of danger too. Yeah. You know, after being on stage, you always are very aware of your lines, what right. you need to sing, and in all these people are just doing what they do. It's just totally seat of your pants. Obviously, they've trained their professionals, all that kind of stuff. You're talking about still live production. Live production as opposed where to... Where somebody could miss their line at any moment. Exactly. Right. No, there's... It's, it's drama. It's a, it's a lot right. like this podcast, actually. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's a great segue into our conversation today. You know, every now and then in our culture, something comes along that becomes a thing, 
right? Mm-hmm. We live in a fragmented time where so many things don't become things. Your kid likes somebody you've never heard of, you know, or movies you've never seen. But Hamilton was one of those things that sort of transcended all of our differences mm-hmm. and became something that everybody was aware of. And even if you hadn't seen it, you had some familiarity with it. Mm-hmm. And I was, as I was mentioning earlier, over July 4th, it came to Disney+. Plus. And so right. all of these people who didn't have a chance to see it suddenly could get in on it. Yes. And it has unleashed something that I don't remember. Maybe Frozen was the last time I remember something where the songs, you know, the kids are wandering around singing these songs. <laughs> Never mind that Hamilton and Frozen are not quite the same thing, which we're going to talk about. And so almost overnight, it seems as if this vast swath of folks are engaged with these songs in this remarkable story. And yet Hamilton has some issues that families who might be interested in this are going to need to navigate. And we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also fair to say it's a remarkable example of creativity, storytelling, and honest to goodness history all blended together too. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who hasn't yet seen this musical, either live or on Disney plus, how would you describe it? And what would you say its appeal is? I would say that everything is its appeal. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who think the, who think the show is overhyped. I don't, I don't think it's overhyped at all. I think it's a very well-crafted story. I think the music is well-written and produced. The dancing is incredible. The acting is incredible. And, you know, a lot of people are a little hesitant because of the rap in it. And they're like, oh, I'm not really into rap. It doesn't feel like rap. It feels like musical theater. It is so entertaining. This is Broadway with flavor and variety. And I just... Honestly, it's one of my favorite musicals. Hmm. I I was literally watching it earlier today just to get hyped up for this show, and it is everything I want in a musical. Hmm. Here's one of the things that I think makes Hamilton so effective is it it is about the founding fathers, and I think for a lot of us, we grew up listening, hearing about uh, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton, if we're listening really, Alexander. really closely, <laughs> you know, and, and I think that they get sort of um, inculcated in these, these marble casings, right? Yeah. yeah. They become less than human because we see them on our money. Like we statues. see them in our statues. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One of the things that Lin-Manuel Miranda did very effectively is he created a contemporary framework. He brought the energy, this contemporary energy that we see on stage, that we see on Disney+. Plus. It was very effective in how it made it real. It Mm. made it powerful. It made it so we could feel the energy that happened back in the 1700s when all this stuff was sort of coming to fruition. Hmm. He actually said, the story of America then told by America now. Hmm. And yeah. I, I completely agree. It's it's giving us all of the facts, all of the things that happened back then. Now, granted, there's a little bit of dramatic license and that we'll is taken here. we'll talk about that maybe in just mm-hmm. a minute. Yeah. Uh, but really, you're seeing the story of America from a different point of view than maybe your history books told you and it's told in a way where it does grab onto your heartstrings and just tug on them because 
there there's a lot of heart in this story there's a lot of things happening where you get i got to the ending and i was just blown away because i wasn't expecting it i'm one of those people who purposely waited until it came to disney plus to see it <laughs> because i didn't i didn't want to miss out on any of any of it and i was so I loved it. It was it, for me personally. I was like, "This is the story that I wanted to hear, that I needed to hear." And you know, we've talked about the creativity. Just in case people out there have no idea how this thing is set up, it's actually an ensemble cast. Yeah, it's it's not one of these plays with huge sets all over the place. Nope. It's on it's on a small stage with um, with like balcony almost uh, mm-hmm. uh, surrounding the upper edge of the stage. And I think it started off-Broadway, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and it makes sense. became because, a thing. Because they're able to, to fit this whole thing on this little tiny stage, and part of the, of the creative element is the stage itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got these circle-within-a-circle elements to the stage where, the, where they can rotate in different directions. And, and they're able to use that so well to to give us a sense of of crowds or of changing time or of a, of a battle or whatever. I mean, there's all these elements that that where they're pulling things in. They bring in a desk. They take the take it back out, and it suddenly puts us in a completely different place and a different time. Mm. And and we're able to uh, cover a story that lasts for decades. Yeah, and so it's really well staged and well done. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and even. Even the song structure, because it's all sung. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, it's not just a musical in that you have actors who are talking sometimes and at the big moments they break into song, you know, to emphasize nope, things. Um, the whole thing is sung from start to finish and you get these narratives of chapters of the yeah. story in the context of a song that is really kind of incredible. So, you know, we've been waxing a little bit eloquent about it. Right. Paul, you reviewed Hamilton for us. What would you say are the biggest content concerns here that maybe families who haven't seen it yet might need to know about? Well, there's some language concerns, first of all. Yeah. Um, they changed some elements of that for the Disney Plus version. They had a few F words that they took out. They left one in. Kind of. Kind of. It's kind of slurred. And just to comment on that really quick, you know, if you're watching it with subtitles, which a lot of us will because you don't want to miss any of what's being said on stage, um, you it's... You know exactly where those words evident. were at. Right, yeah. right. Just, right. Because you're reading you them. Really you hear the obvious. scratch, you hear the pauses, that whole bit. Yeah. yeah. So, it, if, it, so if you're sensitive to that, like, you're gonna notice. Yeah. yeah. And and the story of Alexander Hamilton has some problems with it, too, for, for sensitive folks. You know, Alexander Hamilton was at the center of, of the nation's first sex scandal, mm. essentially. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to navigate that. he has an affair, right? He yep. has an affair. And it stops him from becoming president. It's, there's a whole song about it. Hmm. Like, he's never going to be president now, basically. And, of course, it takes place during war. So you're going to have, you don't see, obviously, a lot of blood and guts in this show. But there are war elements. You have the duel, the famous duel between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr uh, that is very dramatic. Again, not bloody, but you're talking about. And dueling often ends badly for at least one person participating. (laughs) I think there's three duels. Yeah, there's three different duels. And somebody gets shot in each one. Um, at least two people die. I think the first guy survived, but the other two guys died. 
you know? So yeah, there's definitely that element that you have to navigate. So you know that there are going to be children who are sensitive to that sort of material. Parents really need to be careful about that. And I just want to add this in as well. It Some of those deaths, honestly, are... They, like I said, this story has a lot of heart in yeah. it. And those deaths, they hit you hard. It happens and you're just like, wow, I wasn't expecting to cry, but I'm sobbing right now, even though there's no bloodshed yeah. or I didn't gore cry, or anything. But, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> well but, it, but it's those kinds of elements, uh, you know, when it comes to the affair and when it comes to the really rough language that is scattered throughout the different rap elements um, that I think are going to give parents a little bit of pause here. Even even though this Probably. is a great lesson when it mm-hmm. comes to the historical side of things, um, these are the kinds of things also that parents need to think through and maybe talk amongst themselves a bit before they before they really decide whether or not the, uh, the kids should wade into this. Mm-hmm. Well, first, I think it should be no surprise to parents that something with such a hip-hop influence would become popular because hip-hop yeah, that's a is great point. by far the most popular genre right now. I mean, you look at any time uh, on the charts, it's going to be in the top 10 dominating and stuff like that. And it has been actually for quite a while. But, hey, you know what? When we um, you know see this, whether or not you personally like hip-hop or not, I mean, it's so funny. I mean, you wouldn't believe it, but I, I grew up Listen to it because it was a school I went to and this kind of stuff. So I'm a little more, I guess, understanding. You're more than the rest of us. Little, That's okay. Yeah. We can I'm deal with that. I'm just a little that. more understanding of the genre and, and the influence. And, and some people, I think, don't really understand it as well. Um, I think just like, it, you know, if, if it was uh, a performance that happened to use metal and hair bands, which Adam would have loved, um, you know, <laughs> then... You that know, was Rock of Ages, this, but that's ab- a different absolutely, podcast. Absolutely, exactly. You know, and maybe <laughs> just as foul, if not more. But uh, um, more. But the thing is, you know, I think that still means that we as parents have to sit down with our kids and have conversations and talk about this. What an awesome opportunity to talk about the history and talk about the scandal and talk about this because sometimes our tendency as parents is to try to cover stuff up and hope our kids don't hear it. Don't talk about it. Then it won't be real. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about this stuff and address this stuff because wouldn't it be better that they talk with you about it than their right. friends? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, and I think that um, as we often say here, there's discernment involved and you have to know where your kids are at and and I don't want to say what they can handle, but just what their triggers are, you know, what you, you have a sense that might influence them badly, uh, and be able to talk through it with them. I know some of my kids' friends have been listening to the soundtrack and I know that there's stuff on the soundtrack, uh, but they've heard some of those songs cause they're out there, they're popular. And mm-hmm. so we have had an, an opportunity to talk about some of the words that are yeah. in some of those songs, yeah. uh, because they've asked questions about them. And so it's all about, you know, whether this is an inappropriate thing or not for your family. It, if, it, it, if it was a movie, would it be, what do you think, PG-13? Because of yeah, the one F word? It, it is PG-13. Yeah, that's okay. why they rated it. Oh, I didn't they actually rated it. Yeah, yeah that's Disney why Plus. they deleted the that, two That doesn't F-bombs. mean anything with today's uh, yeah, no, PG-13. PG-13 could be pretty uh-huh. raunchy. I just wondered if what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you, you know, I, I think the first step, though, is for parents to realize that this isn't My Fair Lady. Right. You know, no. <laughs> there, there's a lot more here to consider as as they as they go in. Yeah. You know, but I was thinking about this earlier when Miranda wrote this, you know, he wasn't writing this to be a family show. He right. was writing this to be something that adults would go see and understand and 
you know, would navigate on their own. When it came to Disney Plus is when those content concerns, I mean, they were always there, but that's when they really started becoming an issue for families because now it wasn't, now instead of investing, you know, what was it, $2,000 you said for a ticket? Instead, you know, for $2,000, you're probably not going to take your five-year-old to go see uh, Hamilton on Broadway. I wouldn't at least, and my parents wouldn't, but for... (laughs) What what's a subscription for Disney Plus for ten ninety nine a month? Seven dollars. Yeah, it's like six ninety. Whatever it is, for that much money, you will let your child see it. So it it becomes an issue. These issues become something that you have to navigate as it it is released to the world at large. When when he was creating it, he didn't care, right? But now that it's on Disney Plus, we do. Right. No, that's exactly right. And also. You know, Disney Plus, we Disney is a brand that we think, well, if it's Disney, it's for families. Mm-hmm. And we've had enough stuff now that should disabuse us of that notion that just because it's showing on Disney Plus is not, you know, the seal of approval and you don't need mm-hmm. to, to worry about it. This is probably one of the more risque things that has shown up on on Disney Plus, although we do have the Marvel movies, which have some profanity. So, you know, PG-13 is about as high content-wise as anything goes on Disney Plus. Yeah. But again, that discernment and that engagement is incredibly important here. Um, and I think for parents that are willing to to wade into that with their kids, uh, there's some great history lessons here. And, I, and that's one of the things that I like about this is it's not just an entertaining story, you know. Uh, as much as I like Star Wars, it pains me to say it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Adam. I know, right? Uh, But this happened. And I think sometimes with our kids, especially in our digital time, um, that feels like hundreds of years ago. You know, going back to what you were saying, Paul, history can feel encased in marble. And this brings it to life. And I think for teens and and older teens on up, uh, for a lot of families, this will be an opportunity to say, Hey, let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about how we got here. Uh, And I I appreciate Mm -hmm. that about this particular musical. So what about you and your family? Have you watched Hamilton or put the soundtrack on repeat? If so, what did you think of it? Shoot us an email at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com and share your thoughts with us. And we'd love for you to leave a comment or review wherever you listen to your podcast too. And if you'd like to know more about Hamilton, be sure to check out our very own Paul Acey's review uh, at Plugged In. And it's it, great. It it's is great. a great review. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Paul has also written a blog entitled What We Get and Lose by Turning Entertainment into History, where he talks about this and, and some other historical translations to film. And you'll find links to those resources in the episode page for today's podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. And as good old King George might say, we sincerely hope you'll be back to connect with us again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. 